This podcast is a production of Phoenix Media. Explore more episodes of this show and other great shows on the Phoenix Media Podcast Network by visiting phoenixmedia.us. The views expressed do not necessarily represent those of the company or its advertisers and may contain language that's unsuitable for younger listeners. Thank you for tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater. I'm your host, Christian Phoenix. Now, growing up as a comic book fan of the 80s and 90s, I've always been fascinated with how storytellers translated these iconic heroes from the page to film, television, and radio. Long before we got the big-budget CGI epics we enjoy today, children gathered around their radios to hear their favorite do-gooders come to life with little more than their imaginations and these broadcasts from a time long forgotten. I invite you to gather around your radio for this presentation of Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater. Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. Look, up in the sky. It's a bird. It's a plane. It's Superman. Kellogg's Pet. P-E-P-Pep. Kellogg's Pep, the sunshine cereal, presents... The Adventures of Superman. Today, a grave responsibility rests on young Jimmy Olsen, for Walter Green has promised to take him to the leader of the group that so avidly seeks to destroy the Fellowship of Man. Say, gang, do you know why Mother likes you to play outdoors when the sun is shining? Why, because the sun makes good old vitamin D for you that helps build strong bones and teeth. And do you know why Mother likes you to clean up every bit of your breakfast bowl full of Kellogg's Pep? Well, for one thing, because Pep gives you your whole daily minimum need of that same sunshine vitamin D in every one-ounce serving. Plus, more than twice as much of an energy vitamin B1 as in sun-ripened whole wheat. Yes, Kellogg's Pep is a doggone sunny, nutritious cereal. Doggone good tasting, too. And gang, here's something else that Mom's thinking about when she serves up Kellogg's Pep. Nowadays, it's more important than ever that you eat every last bite. Because whole wheat is one of the good golden grains that's been picked out to help feed hungry fellows and girls all over the world. These children can't grow up sturdy and strong if we don't help them. So think of that when it's pep time at your house. Don't waste it. If you pour your own cereal, pour it carefully and eat all that you pour out. Tell the rest of your family to be careful, too. That's one way you can help those hungry children overseas. And now, the adventures of Superman. When Jimmy Olsen, masquerading as a young tough, found himself in a position where he was about to be exposed as a spy and suffer violence at the hands of Muggs and his gang of juvenile hoodlums, there seemed to be no escape. But Clark Kent, accompanied by a police sergeant, arrived at the pool room hangout of the gang just in time, and going through the motions of a phony arrest, rushed Jim out of danger. Now, a strange situation has developed. Muggs has informed the mysterious head of the hate-mongering organization behind his gang that Jimmy was arrested, and a lawyer named Walter Green has been sent to police headquarters to get Jimmy out of jail. Actually, of course, Jimmy is not under arrest. Again, guided by Clark Kent, he is putting on an act in an effort to learn the identity of the breeders of hate. As we continue now, Green, the lawyer, has left Jimmy and has gone to Inspector Henderson's office to demand his release. 
For a long moment, the prison corridor is silent and empty. Then soft footsteps fade in, and the figure of Clark Kent looms up out of the half-darkness at the bars of the cell. Jim. Was that you, Mr. Kent? Yes. How did you make out? Gosh, I don't know. I can't believe it yet. Can't believe what? That he's going to take me to the big boss. What? The guy who runs... That's wonderful. There must be a catch to it. I don't trust him. Why did he offer to do it? Well, I don't know. Hold it, hold it. Someone's coming. Okay, it's Charlie making the rounds. He went down the other corridor. Now, why did he offer to do it, Jim? I don't know. Except I was acting awful tough and making out like I was suspicious of him, the way you told me. Uh -huh. All of a sudden, he said I was a smart kid. And he was going to take me up to meet the big boss. But I think there's a catch in it. Maybe not. Where is he now? With Henderson? Yeah, I guess so. He said he'd get me out if he had to swear a writ of something or other. Habeas corpus. What's that, Mr. Kent? It sounds like Latin. It is. A writ of habeas corpus is permission granted by the court for someone to, to have or possess a human being who is being unlawfully held by the police. Boy, someone sure figured things out. Yes, Jim, someone sure did. That's why we're all so jealous of American democracy, because it guards its citizens against abuses. You know what happened in Germany under Hitler? A man could rot in jail before anyone could get near him. Well, you mean what happened in Germany couldn't happen here? Unless we're mighty careful, it could. Hitler may be dead, but his mad, twisted ideas can die with him. There are still a lot of people who want power. Or like, like the man we're after. And they know the best way to get it is to start trouble among different races and religions. That's what we've got to fight, Jim, and there isn't much time. Yeah, Green will be down again any minute. Now look, Jim, your hunch may be right. There could be a catch to this. But either way, you can't back out now. You'll have to follow through. Okay. Now, all I can tell you is be careful. Watch your step. Don't take any chances. Mm -hmm. Too much at stake. If Green does lead you to the man behind the hate campaign... You'll be stepping into a rat hole. Just remember, Jim. Rats have sharp teeth. How far we got to go before we get to where you're taking me, mister? What difference does it make? It makes a lot of difference. I don't like the looks of this. Relax, Orson. Got you out of jail, didn't I? So what? They didn't have nothing on me. Look, you're a smart boy. You can go far. Keep your nose clean. How far am I going now? The large apartment house in the middle of the block. Who lives there? You'll find out in just a few moments. You wait here in the foyer, Olsen. I'll be right back. Wait, I want to know whose joint this is. I told you, you'll find out in a few moments. Now, wait there. I'll find out sooner than that, Mr. Green. I can. This door doesn't look very thick. Maybe I can you hear... Olsen boy with me. Yes, I can. Why did you bring him here? Well, I thought maybe you wanted to see him. Why should I want to see the little gutter I'll remember that, you punk. smarter than much. I couldn't get him to open his mouth. Just wait till I start, Mr. Green. Is that be a recommendation for cleverness, a closed mouth? Well, I mean, I couldn't get him to talk. He was suspicious of him. And yet he allowed you to bring him here. I had quite a job talking him to I pay you to handle my legal business, and the legal business of this organization, Green, not to conduct my labor relations. Why was he arrested? Well, he was being held for questioning about the automobile accident the other boy was involved in. Is that all? That's all, as far as I could find out. First day, he wouldn't let me see him. Kept me waiting almost a half hour. Finally, they realized they had nothing to hold him. Now, he's the kind of boy we need. Smart, fast, plenty of nerve. All right, bring him in. Uh, take a deep breath, Olsen. This is it. Backing away from the door, Jimmy waits for it to open. His mouth suddenly gone dry and his heart pounding against his ribs. Yes, this is it. In a moment, the door will open and he will be led into the rat hole. And as Clark Kent said, rats have sharp teeth. What will happen? Come in, Olsen. Ah, it's about time. You only waited a few minutes. Come in. Who's in there? Step inside and you'll find out. I don't you know it. You can hear me, can't you? Who said that? I did. 
Where are you? Behind the velvet curtain directly in front of you. Stay where you are. Don't move. You can't see me. In fact, you're very fortunate to be able to hear me. What's this all about, Green? Just listen to him. Olson? What? How long have you been working for Mark? I ain't talking. You can talk to me. It's perfectly safe. Oh, yeah? How do I know? What's your name? My name wouldn't mean anything to you. It's a tough man, Olson. That's what you say. Why don't he come out from behind that curtain? Because my identity must remain secret. You know the type of work we're doing, don't you? What's that got to do with it? No one except a few close associates, such as Mr. Green, must know who is at the head of the Guardians of America. The what? The Guardians of America. That's the name of our organization. We have banded together to guard this country against the foreigners in our midst. We're going to protect America for those of us who have pure blood. You know what happened to the drugstore belonging to Hugh Hoffman? Yeah, I know. The same thing will happen to all the members of the committee attempting to raise money to build an interfaith community house. We don't want the Catholics and the Jews to get along with one another. We don't want Protestants to mingle with Catholics. If that happens, we'll never gain any power. People who are friendly and stick together are hard to control. We want them hating one another. That's why we spread stories around. We tell the Christians that the Jews are trying to take over the country. And we tell the Jews the Christians want to kill every one of them. That's not... Our talk is not true. But as Hitler said, if you tell a lie over and over again, people will begin to believe it. So what good did it do him? He got knocked off. Hitler was a great man, Olsen. He made only one mistake. He moved too fast. We're not making that mistake. We're going slowly. And you can go along with us if you wish. Yeah? How? Well, Mr. Green here seems to think that you're a very smart boy. I'm going to give you a chance to prove I'm going to give you a job to do. What kind of a job? A very important job. A man named Klein owns an art gallery here in the town. There are some very valuable paintings in the gallery. Paintings worth thousands of dollars. Now, Mr. Klein has contributed a large sum of money to that unity house building fund, despite our warning. Are you following me? Yeah, go ahead. I want you to buy yourself a new suit of clothes and get your hair cut and pay a visit to Mr. Klein's office. You can be a high school boy who has to write a composition on famous paintings, and you're looking some of them over. You'll take a sharp razor blade with you, and while you're looking at the paintings, you'll slash some of them. Oh, yeah? And what if I get caught? Well, if you're as smart as he thinks you are, you won't get caught. And I'll pay you $50 for each painting you cut. Fifty bucks for each one? Yes. Okay. When do I do it? Tomorrow afternoon. I'll give you the red guts for the art gallery before you leave. And I'll also give you the names of the paintings I want to show. Swell. And uh, one more thing. Yeah? If you handle this job properly, you can take Muggs' place as leader of the guest. Staring at the black velvet curtain from behind which comes the cold, hard voice of the mysterious leader of the so-called Guardian of America, Jimmy Ghost. Still unable to identify the owner of the voice, he finds himself faced with a problem. If he refuses the job he has been offered, he may never have another opportunity to make the identification. But if he accepts the job will mean committing an act of violence, a crime. What can he do? What do you do if you were in Jimmy Olsen's place? Think it over. Tomorrow, be sure to listen to find out what Jimmy does with the help of Superman. Yes, be sure to listen tomorrow, same time, same station, for the exciting episode entitled, Superman Sets a Trap. And remember, for breakfast, it's Kellogg's Tap. For excitement, the adventures of Superman.
Superman is a copyrighted feature appearing in Superman DC comic magazines and is brought to you Monday through Friday at the same time by Kellogg's Pep, the sunshine cereal. Ooh, yeah, let me tell you something right here, uh huh. It's the Loot Crate subscription box, yeah, full of exclusive loot, surprises delivered to your door every month. Just pick up your favorite geeky genre, daddy. <laughs> From the original Loot Crate, the Loot Crate DX collectible boxes, dude, Calabunga, to the Loot Gaming video game box. Woohoo! Browsers! With crates starting as large as $11.99 per month, those are backs just about for all collectors. To get your geek on, head over to phoenixmedia.us forward slash loot crate and claim your exclusive offer. That's F E N I X media.us forward slash loot crate. Great Scott! Snap into a loot crate, it. You're tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater, presented by Phoenix Media. Up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane, no, it's Superman. Faster than a speeding bullet, more powerful than a locomotive, able to leap small buildings at a single bound. Look, up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane, it's Superman! Kellogg's Pep! P-E-P Pep! Kellogg's Pep, the sunshine cereal presents The Adventures of Superman! Today, as Jimmy Olsen reports his visit with the boss to Clark Kent, the Man of Steel realizes with grave concern the coming of the fox they must not fail to trap. Hi there, gang. This is your pal Dan McCullough. Say, uh, did you ever know anybody like Leftover Larry? He's the sort of fella who never quite finishes the last bit of food in his dish. Well, Leftover Larry is certainly out of style these days, particularly when it comes to a bowl of Kellogg's Pets. Boy, think of the good eating he passes up. The crisp golden toasted goodness in this sunny breakfast cereal. And think of the fine nutrition in every spoonful of Kellogg's Pet. Vitamin B1 and energy vitamins. More than twice as much as in sun-ripened whole wheat. Sunshine vitamin D2. Your whole daily minimum need in every one ounce. And think of the fellas and girls just like you who need these good golden cereal grains like the whole wheat in Kellogg's Pet to help them grow up sturdy and strong. If he gang, these children can't run and play as you do because they're hungry. And that's why we're sending grains across the seas these days. And that's why it's especially important for you to help guard against waste at your house. So when Mom brings Kellogg's Pep home from the grocer's, make sure there's no waste. If you pour your own cereal, pour it carefully. Tell the rest of your family to be careful, too. It's such an easy thing to do, and you'll be helping to feed fellas and girls all over the world who might go hungry. Now, the adventures of Superman. Playing the dangerous role of a young tough, Jimmy Olsen, cub reporter for the Daily Planet, has thus far succeeded in carrying out the details of Clark Kent's plan. A plan to learn the identity of whoever is behind an organized attempt to stir up racial and religious prejudice in the city of Metropolis. So well has Jimmy succeeded that he was granted an interview with the mysterious leader of the spreading organization. As we continue now, it is one o'clock in the morning. At Clark Kent's apartment where he is making his headquarters, Jimmy gives Kent the startling details of the interview. Listen. I don't know why it took me into a 
room just off the foyer. It was fixed up like an office with a desk, a couple of chairs, a big safe, and some other stuff. Never mind the furnishings. What about the man? Well, I couldn't see him. He was standing behind a black velvet curtain at one end of the room. Behind a black... Well, why? He said his work was too important to let too many people know who he was. Oh. I tried to get him to tell me his name or come out from behind the curtain, but no soap. What about his voice? Well, it was kind of flat and hard. Was it? Would you recognize it if you heard it again? I think so. It was a mean voice. Yeah, I shouldn't wonder. All right, Jim, now tell me what he said. Well, what didn't he say? Honestly, Mr. Ken, I had all I could do to keep from ripping down that curtain and pasting him in the nose. Yeah, no. He never heard such stuff. For instance? Oh, all about how they were trying to get the Christians and the Jews to hate each other by telling them lies. Mm -hmm. He had the nerve to come right out and say that if you tell the Christians enough lies about the Jews and the Jews enough lies about the Christians, they'll get to believe them. Yeah, sure, that's what Hitler said. Go on, Jim. Well, he kept saying stuff like that, and I kept getting madder and madder. I knew I couldn't show it, so I held myself back. Finally, he said he was going to give me a job to do because Green, the lawyer, thought I was a smart boy. Uh-oh, I was afraid of that. You were afraid. He told me what the job was. I could hardly catch my breath. What is it? I'm supposed to go to an art gallery owned by a man named Klein, and I'm supposed to slash some of the pictures in the gallery with a razor blade. What? Well, of all the dirty, disgusting things. He said Klein made a big contribution to the Unity House Building Fund, and they were out to get him. Oh. Oh, here's a list of the pictures I'm supposed to cut up. Five of them. Mm-hmm. Two Rembrandts, a Rubens, a Franz Hall, two that aren't familiar. You know what these pictures are worth, Jim? No, what? Well, the Rembrandts must be worth fifty to $100,000 a piece. Same with the Rubens. Jeepers. We've got to stop them, Jim, if it's the last thing we do. There's no end to a thing like this. From paintings, they'll go to people. They'll slash each one of us if we don't agree with them. Yeah, but what are we going to do now? I'm in a spot. If I don't do the job he gave me, I'm on the spot. You'll do the job. Rip and Lizard, you mean I'm going to cut up all those pictures? Oh, hardly. We'll double-cross them. Still keep you in their good graces. In fact, you'll do this job so well that it may result in you're getting to meet Mr. Rat face to face. I don't see how I can do it. This way. In the morning, we contact Mr. Klein, the owner of the art gallery, and have a talk with him. We'll tell him all about this. And you think he's going to let me cut up his paintings? Certainly not. The paintings won't be cut up. At least they'll only be cut up for publicity purposes. Just so your man behind the curtain will think you've done the job. Oh, I get it. We'll run a story saying the paintings are slashed, but actually they won't be. Right. I'm sure we can get Mr. Klein's cooperation. Oh, uh, one more thing before it gets too late. Was anything said about an attack on Rabbi Stone? You know, he's a member of the Unity House Committee. No, why? Well, I forgot to tell you this, Jim, but I got a call this afternoon from Father Sheehan. Seems Rabbi Stone received a letter warning him to resign from the committee or suffer the consequences. The letter said it was a last warning. Well, when did he get the letter? This morning. I just wondered whether maybe you'd heard anything about it. No, not a thing. All I heard, and Muggs told me in the pool room, was the next one thereafter was Mr. Murphy. Oh. He's a member of the committee, too. Mug said they had a special job to do on him. Oh, well, evidently they decided to save Murphy and go after Rabbi Stone. So what time is it, Jim? I watched out. Uh, 20 minutes after one. Mm -hmm. Would Muggs be at the pool room now? Yeah, I guess so. He hangs around there most of the night. Are you too tired to take a run down and find out what you can about their plans? No, I'm not tired. Well, suppose you do that then, huh? At the same time, you can tell Muggs how you got out of jail. And, uh, incidentally, let him take all the credit. Mm -hmm, okay. Uh, what'd I do with my cap? Uh, well, here it is. Oh, Thanks. I'll get back as soon as you can, Jim. I'll wait up. Okay. And Jim. Yes? In case I haven't told you, I'm doing a swell job. Come on in here, Olsen. Okay. You only got a minute because we're going on a job. Big boss fixer for you to beat the rap, huh? Yeah, thanks to you, Muggs. Forget it. It's just like I told you. We got the section. We're working for smart guys. They don't fool around. The lawyer took me up to the boss's hideout, Muggs. Oh, yeah? Yeah. How come the guy never shows himself? You see him? Yeah. He always talking behind that black curtain. Yeah, same with me. What do you have to say? Not much. I told him what a great guy you was. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Thanks, Olsen. Well, I got a blow now. Me and a couple of guys got a job to do. Well, how about taking me along? Huh? I ain't done a job with you guys yet. Okay. 
I'll catch him up. What kind of a job is it? I'm going to mess up a juice synagogue. Hey, Skinny, what's this? Let's go. Is this the same thing, Muggs? That kid's clubhouse stuff? Yeah, the guy that runs the synagogue. The guy by the name of Stone. He's on a committee for the joint. What are we going to do? Huh? Sneak in and bust up the synagogue. Creeps. What's the matter? You getting chicken hot? What? Uh, no, no. Before I go with you guys, I, I think I'd better stop off in a drugstore and... And, and what? I got a pain in my stomach. Something I ate, I guess. I'll meet you guys at the place. That's okay. We're that time. We'll stop over at the drugstore and grab a Coke. Come on. Again, caught in a trap. Unable to contact Clark Kent to tell him the attack on Rabbi Stone's synagogue is going to take place immediately, Jimmy dies a thousand deaths as he follows Muggs and his young henchman out of the pool. The excuse that he has a stomachache and would like to stop off at a drugstore hasn't worked. What can he do? Informed that Muggs and his gang of young toughs are about to make an attack on a Jewish temple of worship, Gilson made a desperate attempt to get away from the gang to call Clark Kent. He complained of a stomachache and suggested he drop off at the drugstore to get something for it. But Muggs' reply was that they would all stop in with him and get a call. As we continue now, Jimmy and Muggs and three members of the juvenile gang are at the soda fountain of an all-night drugstore. Okay, well, it's eight. Coke's for us, and this guy's got a pain in his stomach. And a Yeah, yeah, I guess so. I'll give you a bite, Count. Okay. That'll fix you up, Olsen. Yeah. Yeah, I hope so. Hey, yeah. Bring it down. Thanks. Down the hatch. Go ahead. Yeah. That'll fix you up. It always does the trick, don't it, Joe? Yeah, sure, every time. Oh, I still got the pain. Give it a chance. Hot cup. Now drink up, guys. We gotta get rolling. <laughs> How much are you, Cap? Uh, twenty for the coke and a dime for the bike cop. There's half a buck. Keep the change. Thanks, Bob. Okay, let's go. Come on. Hey, hey, Muggs. What's the matter? Uh, I still got the pain. Maybe I better not go along with you guys. Maybe I better sit here and wait till it goes away. Hey, Bob. Maybe he's got a pen inside it. I old guy. Oh, that's you. Okay. That ain't my funeral. You want to go see a sawbones open? Oh, no, no. I don't need a doctor. All I got is a stomachache. All right, you take it easy. Wait, I need you on this job anyway. Me and Lefty and Skinny and Joe can handle it, okay? You sure, Muggs? Yeah, sure. We'll see you tomorrow. Okay, Muggs. Thanks. Forget it. Come on, guys. Hey, Buck, where's it hurt you in your stomach? Uh-huh. Your stomach, where's it hurt you? Oh, it don't hurt so much anymore. I got to make a phone call. I'd never get away from them. What's the number? Oh, yeah. Top list, 4320. 4320. Golly, I hope there's time to stop them. It's taking so long, why doesn't he answer? I could call the police, but I'm afraid. Without getting Mr. Kent's okay. Please, Mr. Kent. Please answer. Please. With each passing moment as the phone in Clark Kent's apartment remains unanswered, Jimmy becomes more and more panicky. Most of his young hoodlums run their way to Rabbi Stone's temple. Soon, not even the police will be able to stop them in this latest act of violence against not only a house of solemn worship, but against every decent human being who respects the rights of others to honor their God in their own way. The rat-like forces of religious hatred and intolerance are on the march, cloaked in darkness. Can Jimmy reach Kent, who, as we know, is Superman, in time to stop them? 
We'll know tomorrow when we hear the most exciting episode of this entire series. The episode entitled, The Fight for Honor. So be sure to listen, same time, same station. And remember, for breakfast, it's Kellogg's Pet. For excitement, the adventures of Superman. Superman is a copyrighted feature appearing in Superman DC comic magazine and is brought to you Monday through Friday at the same time by Kellogg's Pet, the sunshine cereal. You're tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater presented by Phoenix Media. Up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane. No, it's Superman. Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. Look, up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane, it's Superman. Kellogg's. C-E-C-F Kellogg's Pep, the sunshine cereal presents The Adventures of Superman Today as Jimmy Olsen tries desperately to reach Clark Kent Only a few minutes remain before Mars and his gang will reach the synagogue of Rabbi Stone to strike another blow in their relentless campaign of terror. Hi there, gang. This is your pal Dan. Say, uh, have you ever wondered why Mom is so glad when you clean up every last bit of your breakfast dish of Kellogg's Pep? Of course, it's a treat for you because Pep is loaded with sunny golden toasted flavor. But Mother is also thinking of the wonderful nutrition in this whole wheat flake cereal. Good whole grain food value, plus an energy vitamin B1, more than twice as much as in sun-ripened whole wheat. And vitamin D, your whole daily minimum need in every one-ounce serving of Pep. Mom will tell you how important vitamin D is to help build strong bones and teeth. And here's something else that Mom has in mind when she urges you to eat every last crisp flake of Kellogg's Pep. She's thinking of fellows and girls just like you all over the world who are going hungry nowadays. And she knows the cereal grains have been picked out to help feed those children. And she knows how important it is for us not to waste any cereal anytime. So when she brings the package of Kellogg's Pet Home from the grocers, she opens it carefully. And she pours it carefully, too. And she urges you and your brothers and sisters to eat up all that's poured out. So take a tip from Mom, gang. Don't waste. Do your part to help feed those hungry fellows and girls all over the world. And now, the adventures of Superman. Battling an unknown enemy, a hidden underground organization attempting to spread the vicious poison of hatred and intolerance, Lord Kent, in his role of Superman, has enlisted the aid of Jimmy Olsen, cub reporter for the Daily Planet, to learn the identities of the hate mongers. Yesterday, as you recall, Jimmy discovered that another attack was about to be made on a member of the committee sponsoring an interfaith clubhouse and playground for neighborhood boys and girls of all races and religions. This time, the attack was to be made on a Jewish house of worship, the temple of Rabbi Stone, a committee member. From a drugstore phone booth, Jimmy tried desperately to reach Clark Kent, but there was no answer. As we continue now, he is still the receiver glued to his ear, pleading aloud for some response from the dead instrument. Please, Mr. Kent. Please answer. There isn't much time. They're on their way. Please, please answer. Oh, he's not home. He must have gone. 
Well, uh, if he's asleep in the bedroom door, is closed. And... Hello? Oh, Mr. Kent, cheap as we're working, the phone's been ringing for almost five minutes, and I was... Whoa, 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 take it easy, Jim. Take it easy, I can't take it easy. Muggy's gang are on the way. They left here just Wait before I started to call you. We've got to Jim. stop him, Mr. Kent, yes, if we don't... Listen to me, I can't understand a word you're saying. Now, calm down and tell me what's the matter. It, it's the rabbi. Rabbi Stone. Yes, what about it? Muggs and three of his toughs are on their way to Rabbi Stone's temple. What? They're going to break in and do all the damage they can. Are you sure? Of course I'm sure. I was supposed to go along with them, but I may believe I had a stomachache, so I could get to a phone to call you and tell you. Where is Stone's temple? Well, never mind, I know. On Clinton Street. Yeah. Do you know where he lives? No, I don't, but... I'll look it up. Well, what are you going to do? Call the police? No, no, no. This is a job for Superman. Golly. You almost sounded like Superman, the way you said that. Huh? Oh, what's the habit, I guess. Uh, look, Jim, you better come on back to the apartment. I'll leave the key under the front door, man. Wait here for me. I'll be back as soon as I can. Where are you going? Uh, to get Superman. Well, can I come along to watch Superman give those guys their lunch? Look, in the first place, that's not what he's going to do. And in the second place, you've got to keep in the background. You can't let Muggs suspect that you tipped me off. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. All right, I'll see you later, then. Okay. And, Mr. Kent... Yes? If Superman does give them their lumps, tell him to park one on Muggs' nose for me. Shame to have to wake him up at this hour of the morning, but it can't be helped. Seems to be a light in a rear room. Ah, oh, here comes someone. A man, fully dressed. Could be the rabbi, except he's a little young. Oh, I'm sorry to disturb Am you, but... Am I seeing things? What? Oh, oh, this costume. No, no, it's authentic. Then, then you're Superman. Guilty as charged. Are you Rabbi Stone? Uh, yes, yes, I was working on a sermon. That's how I happened to be this late. Oh, I see. Uh, uh, won't you come in? Well, I'm afraid there isn't time to visit, Rabbi. I've just learned that a mob of young hoodlums are on their way to smash up your temple. What? I believe we can still head them off if we hurry. That, that, that letter I received, it warned me about this. Lord in heaven, isn't anything sacred to those people? Evidently not. I suggest we get right over to the temple. Now, if you'll just swing your arm around my neck. Around your... We're going to fly? Faster than you've ever flown before. You're not afraid, are you? Afraid? Why, you know... Uh, uh, you've never dropped anyone, have you? <laughs> oh, not yet. And I certainly don't intend to start with a clergyman. Are you all set? Uh, I guess so. Good. Up and away! Oh, you say you saw them as we were flying over? Yes, they were just turning the corner of Lorimer Street. You having trouble with that key? I've been complaining about this lock for almost a year. One of these days, I'm going to get a screwdriver and fix it myself. There, there, finally. I'll turn the light on. No, no, wait a minute. No light. You can't see a thing in here. It's pitch dark. Remember who I am? Well, of course. <laughs> Sorry, I stepped right into that one. You can see in the dark, can't you? Almost as well as I can in daylight. Comes in handy now. I should think so. Well, how do we handle it? How many of them are there? There are four. All your youngsters, 16, 17. The leader is a boy named Mud. Where did you learn all this? I get around. Now, tell me, what would be the easiest way for them to get in here? Well, break one of the windows and climb in, I guess. Mm, I doubt whether they do that. Too much noise. Well, then they'd have to jimmy one of the doors. Oh. Either the front door or the side door. That sounds like it's a side door. That's the one we came in, isn't it? Yes. All right, we'll let them force it. You say the lock needs repairing anyway. Once they're inside, we'll... Uh, you mean I will. All four? Well, I did a little boxing at college. I, uh, I can still throw a few punches. <laughs> sounds funny coming from a rabbi. Do you know Francis Sheehan, uh, Father Sheehan at St. Catherine? Sure, of course I do. He was an all-American tackle for Holy Cross, you know. And he can lick his weight in Wildcat. Oh, I didn't know. When we're not busy during the summer, he and I run up to the Y gym and we do a little sparring. Uh, look, never tell him I told you that he's a sucker for a left hook. <laughs> <laughs> I won't say a word. You know, that's the trouble with a lot of people. They think religious leaders are a bunch of stuffed shirts. Maybe they used to be, but they're not now. Take a fellow like Leeds at the Methodist Church. 
He played pro ball to earn enough money to go through seminary. Now he coaches the church team, and believe me, his club can lick the pants off half the college teams in the state. And on top of that, he's a good preacher and a good minister and a regular guy. Well, sounds like a combination you can't beat. You can't. And if more people got to know their priest or their minister or their rabbi, they soon find out how regular they are. Uh-huh. Especially youngsters. Now, just these four hoodlums we're waiting for. Hold it, hold it. Get ready to take them. They're here. Where? Oh, we figured they'd be at the side door. You hear them? Yes. They're working on the door. Forcing the lock. Oh, maybe I'll get a new one. Since you're going to do the honors, Rabbi, I'd better duck down behind one of the pews. Now, how far do you want me to go with them? Oh, not too far. Just keep them a light thrashing. I want them scared more than anything else. Are you sure you can handle all four? If I can't, I'm slowing up. But I'll need light. Okay. Stand by at the switch, and once they're all inside, I'll put it. Won't they see you? I move pretty fast. I'll be down behind a pew before they can blink. Uh, hold it now. The door creak. Yes, they're getting it open. Watch it. Right. Okay, you guys. Come on. Okay. Close the door, let's see. Yeah. Light a match, Joe. Let's see where we are. I'll show you where he is. Light. Camera. Action. Blinded momentarily by the light flooding from the ceiling of the temple vestry, Muggs and his three companions blink in amazement at the unexpected reception. Crouching low behind the pew, Superman looks on smiling as the fighting young rabbi moves in to give the hoodlums the thrashing they deserve. But unknown even to the man of steel, tragedy may soon wipe the smile from his lips. Insisting on handling Muggs and his three pool room companions himself, young Rabbi Stone, one of the members of the Unity House Committee marked for violence, faces the four hoodlums in the vestry of the temple. Closing in, he grabs Muggs by the scruff of the neck. Why, you... Attention to you ten years ago. Right. Couldn't be breaking into churches and temples now. Joe, Joe, Joe. Joe. Oh, no, you don't. Let me tell you, I'll do it. The shiv, Lefty. Come on, fight your college. Come on in and fight. All right, close in. Get up. That's what you think. Okay, Lefty. Now. Let's scram. Come on. Well, that was short and sweet. Nice work, Rabbi. I... I didn't see the knife. Didn't see the... Knife? Great Scott, you've been stabbed. The one he called Lefty. He had his Oh, how did I miss it? He, he said Shiv. Shiv must be knife. You're in a bad way. I better get you to a doctor. I... I... The never-widening circle of telltale red marking his white shirt. The young rabbi gasps and collapses in Superman's arms. Another victim of hate and prejudice. Has Muggs gone too far this time? Is it murder? <coughs> Gang, Monday's episode is tense and exciting. As Superman, angered as he has never been before, moves heaven and earth to get his hands on the hate mongers responsible for this latest act of murderous violence. But something happens. Something that even he cannot foresee. So be sure to hear Monday's episode entitled, Rats. Have sharp teeth. And remember, for breakfast, it's Kellogg's Pep. For excitement, the adventures of Superman. Superman is a copyrighted feature appearing in Superman DC comic magazines and is brought to you Monday through Friday at the same time by Kellogg's Pep, the sunshine cereal. 
You're tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater, presented by Phoenix Media. Up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane. No, it's Superman. Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. Look, up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane, it's Superman! Kellogg's Pep! P-E-P, Pep! Kellogg's Pep, the sunshine cereal, presents The Adventures of Superman! Today, as the agents of hate claim another victory in their campaign of terror... Superman, shocked and angered, realizes he must find some means of stemming the evil tide. You know, old man's son sure is hep when it comes to giving your day a cheerful send-off. And if you're hep to pep, the sunshine cereal, your breakfast gives you a head start on a terrific day. Yes, sir, Kellogg's Pep sure is on the sunbeam when it comes to really smooth eating. Looks swell in the first place. Those crisp, tender whole wheat flakes all toasted golden. And how Pep does get left to your appetite. You see, Kellogg's Pep is loaded with sunshine flavor, a rich whole wheat flavor that has come on in every spoonful. There's crisp tenderness, too. Every crunchy flake is a slick treat in itself. Makes you want to dig right in and polish the bowl clean as a whistle. And that's the right idea these days, you know. It's mighty important to get the good out of every bit of your breakfast dish of Kellogg's Pep. Because it's good for you. And because Pep is made from whole wheat, one of the cereal grains that have been picked out to give that swell grain nourishment to fellows and girls overseas. So, gang, this is no time to waste cereal. When Mom brings Kellogg's Pep home from the grocers, make yourself a committee of one to help guard against waste. If you pour your own pet, pour it carefully and polish off every bit you pour out. Pass the word along to the rest of your family, too. Remember, gang, eat all your pet. Don't waste it. And now, the adventure of Superman. In an effort to prevent the building of a community clubhouse and gymnasium whose doors would be open to all youngsters, regardless of race, religion, or color, an unknown group of hate mongers, led by a man who speaks only from behind a black velvet curtain, has started a campaign of terror and violence in the city of Metropolis. Thus far, a block of stores was burned to the ground, a little Irish newsboy beaten almost to death. And as we learned in our last episode, a Jewish rabbi was stabbed during an attack on his temple. To learn the identity of the man responsible, Jimmy Olsen is masquerading as a young tough and has joined a gang led by a boy known as Muggs, and it does a dirty work for the hate mongers. As we continue now, it is the morning following the attack on Rabbi Stone. Clark Kent and Jimmy Olsen are in the office of Inspector Henderson at police headquarters. Henderson is speaking. I've had enough of this, Kent, but Inspector... I'm not going to sit by and let those hoodlums run right. But, Inspector... You, you saw at... the report from the hospital? No. Another fraction of an inch in that knife wound the rabbi got would have killed him. Right, well, fortunately, it didn't. He's going to be all right. That doesn't alter the fact that those two-room bums committed a crime. But I... Assault and battery with a lethal weapon. Why, I could send them up for ten years. Sure, sure. And what good would it do? What good? Society would be rid of them for a while. Fine. And within 24 hours, others would take their place. Well, that's a fine way to talk. Well, it's I suppose the court should never sentence anyone for committing a crime oh. because someone else is going to commit another crime in its place. Well, Mr. Kent didn't mean that. Did anyone ask you, old son? You know, right. I... You know I didn't mean it that way. This is a special situation. Those boys aren't doing these things on their own. They're being ordered and directed. Now, we've got to get at the root of this evil. And the root is the man Jimmy talked to. The man who hides behind a black curtain. All right. Let's get him. What are we waiting for? Haven't anything on him yet. But we will have within 24 hours. I'm not waiting 24 hours. Now, look. I agreed to go along with you when they set fire to those stores and almost killed the O'Neill kids. 
But enough is enough. Do you realize what the papers would do to me if they if they got hold of this? The papers have all been contacted by Perry White. They agreed to lay low, not to publish anything until we had a chance to thoroughly test our plan. And now we have that chance. Oh, yeah? Yes. Jimmy here has been given a direct assignment by the men we're after. He's going through the motions just to be able to get something on our black curtain friend. Once that's done, we'll have Jimmy's evidence and we can nab him and send him away for life. Well, how do I know this is going to come off the way you tell it? I promise you it will. Just give me another 24 hours. That's all I ask. Oh, please, Inspector. All right. 24 hours. Good. But not a split second more, and that's fine. Oh, gee, thanks, Inspector. And you be careful, you little whippersnapper. I don't want you getting into trouble. Oh, don't worry about me. I've got Superman right beside me. Sure words were never spoken to you. Well, we better get going. We've got plenty to do before we... Oh, go ahead, Inspector. Take it. Thanks. Anderson speaking. Who? Yes, he's here. Just a minute. For you, Ken. The office? I didn't ask. I had a telephone operator. Sorry. Here. Thanks. Hello. Yes, this is Clark Kent. Oh, hello, Father Sheehan. Yes, he's going to be all right. I should say it was lucky. What was that? When, this morning? Same kind, eh? Yes, I'll tell Inspector Anderson about it. He'll probably want to have the church police. I certainly will. Thank you for calling, Father. Right. Goodbye. Now what? Dr. Leeds of the Methodist Church, he's a member of the Unity House Committee, too, got a threatening letter this morning. The same sort of a letter Rabbi Stone received yesterday. Kent, we've got to put a stop to this. Exactly what we're trying to do. But nothing's happening. Gave me 24 hours, remember? Well, I'm not so sure I want to now. Why? First a druggist, then a newsboy, then a rabbi, and now a minister. Wait a minute, we mustn't lose our heads. It's exactly what they're hoping for. They'd like us to fight one another. I still say this needs action. You're going to get action, or my name isn't Clark Kent. In the meantime, I suggest you throw a police guard around Dr. Leeds' church. I know what to do. It's just a suggestion. To you, Jim, I'm afraid we'll have to change our plans. We've got to find out, if we can, what form of violence they intend using on Dr. Leeds. Oh, how can we find out? I don't know. I guess you'll just have to go back to the pool room and contact Muggs. But, but coming over here this morning, you said you didn't want me to see Muggs again. I know. Because there was a chance he suspected I tipped you off about the raid on Rabbi Stone's temple. That's right, but we can't help ourselves now. We've got to know when and where and how they plan to strike. See, they may not go after the church at all. They may attack Dr. Leeds himself. But what if Muggs does suspect me? We had it all figured out. I was to go through the motions of doing the job at the art gallery. So if he was suspicious, he wouldn't be anymore. Now, if I go to the pool room, I may be in trouble. That's right, Jim, but it's a chance you'll have to take. Now, wait a minute, Kent. You can't send him over there and let him stick his neck out. Don't worry about it, Inspector. Jim's going to a story that'll make them sit up and take notice. What do you mean, Mr. Kent? Just this. Up to now, you've been spying on them for us. Now, you're going to spy on us for them. He's in the back room with Leslie. Okay, thanks. Hi, Muggs. Hi, Lucky. How about you, Walt? Come on in. Got something to tell you, Muggs. Oh, yeah? Yeah. It better be good. What's the matter, Muggs? You swore me? Go ahead. What do you got to tell me? You had a slip on knife to a guy at the temple last night, didn't you? How'd you know? Who told you? Nobody told me. How'd you know? Well, give me a chance and I'll tell you. Go ahead, spill it. All right. I was sitting in the drugstore where you guys left me when I got that stomach and they brought in a guy half dead. I heard them talking and they said he got knifed in the Jewish temple. So I figured you guys did it. What'd they say? They said anything about descriptions? No, the guy that got knifed, after a while he come to. Cop asked him if he could describe the guy that did it and he said no. See, Lefty, what I tell you? I'll send you a lifesaver. Lefty's been sitting there beating his brains out, figuring a bull was going to nab him. Oh, Lefty done the knifing? Yeah, he had it. The guy was laying for us. No kidding. Yeah. I figured maybe some wise guy tipped him off, or maybe he was just there. Anyway, as long as he couldn't give the cops no descriptions, we're okay. Yeah, didn't bust up the place then. Nah, but Lefty sure put a lot of knife in that guy. You know who it was? Who? The rabbi. 
How do you know? The guys that carried him in the drugstore said it was him. I thought you knew it. Well, we didn't know from nothing. All we knew was the guy was throwing a lot of punches and throwing them fast. I had to tell that to the slip in the ship. Boy, are we lucky. Couldn't give no descriptions. Yeah, we sure are. What's the next job, Muggs? Who says we got a job? Huh? Just asking. I kind of figure I got to make up for fading out on you guys last night. I'm sure I can pull jobs, too. Yeah? Yeah, sure. Know anything about uh, car engines? Automobiles? Yeah. Oh, sure. I worked in a garage once. Remember I told you, in Philly. Oh, yeah, that's right. Give a rig a torpedo. A what? A torpedo. You hook it up to the engine, when a guy starts his car, it uh, blows up. Is that what you're going to do? Yeah. You want to help? Sure. Okay, let's see if ain't feeling so good. You can take his place. Whose car are we going to work on? You'll see when we get there. When we doing it? Tonight. And this time we ain't running into no trouble. This time the job's going to get pulled right. Returning to Clark Kent's apartment from the pool room, Jimmy Olsen reports what he has learned to the Daily Planet reporter, who, as we know, is Superman. And that's all Muggs told me, Mr. Kent. I'm supposed to meet him at the pool room about 8 o'clock tonight. Mm-hmm. They're going to attach a bomb to the ignition system of a car, is that it? Yeah, he called it a torpedo. He didn't say whose car, huh? No, but if the Methodist minister got the warning letter, I guess it must be his car. Yeah, probably. I better call him. What time is it, Jim? Uh, almost noon. Well, he'll be at home, I guess. I've got his number here in my book somewhere. Stay. Oh, here we are. Dr. Charles Leeds, Metropolis 8532. Oh, what are you going to tell him? Not to use his car. Oh. Eight. You're to meet at the pool room. Uh huh. That gives us plenty of time to have a talk with Inspector Hanson and Mix. Hello, Doctor Leeds. Oh, this is Clark Kent of the Daily Planet. Yeah, well, the reason I called, Doctor, was to ask you whether you had any intentions of using your car tonight. What was that? Oh, I see. Well, that's very interesting. I... No, no, nothing particular. Yes, I will, Doctor. It's the first opportunity. Thanks a lot. Goodbye. Jim, we're in trouble. Trouble? Dr. Leeds doesn't own a car. For a moment, Kent's statement fails to register on Jimmy. Then as it penetrates, the young reporter's expression is one of bewilderment. If it isn't Dr. Leeds, the one who received the threatening letter, who is the next unknowing victim of the hate mongers? Gang, you're in for a surprise tomorrow as Clark Kent and Jimmy Olsen almost missed the boat in a thrill-packed episode entitled Death on Wheels. So don't fail to listen. Same time, same station. And remember, for breakfast, it's Kellogg's Pet. For excitement, the adventures of Superman. Superman is a copyrighted feature appearing in Superman DC comic magazines and is brought to you Monday through Friday at the same time by Kellogg's Pet, the sunshine cereal. Get this and previous episodes of Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater wherever you get podcasts or by visiting phoenixmedia.us forward slash silverageheroes. Join us again, same bat time, same bat station, for another presentation of Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater. Excelsior!
thank you for tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater. I'm your host, Christian Phoenix. Now, growing up as a comic book fan of the 80s and 90s, I've always been fascinated with how storytellers translated these iconic heroes from the page to film, television, and radio. Long before we got the big-budget CGI epics we enjoy today, children gathered around their radios to hear their favorite do-gooders come to life with little more than their imaginations and these broadcasts from a time long forgotten. I invite you to gather around your radio for this presentation of Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater. Faster than a speeding bullet! More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. Look, up in the sky. It's a bird. It's a plane. It's Superman. Kellogg's Pep. P-E-P-Pep. Kellogg's Pep, the sunshine cereal, presents The Adventures of Superman. Today, Jimmy Olsen's report of a new attack about to be launched by Muggs and his wolf pack has brought confusion to the plans of Superman. Plans he had hoped would bring swift justice to those seeking to spread the germs of hate and prejudice. Hi there, gang. This is your pal Dan McCullough. Say, uh, have you tried the pep dish of the week? It's got a nifty name, and it's a surefire way to add a little extra punch to breakfast. It's a pep banana split, as terrific a dish as you'd ever want to taste. Now, here's how it goes. You sprinkle a layer of Kellogg's Pep, the sunshine cereal, in the bottom of your bowl. Then cut a banana in half, split it down the middle, you know, and arrange on top of the pep. Then pour on more pep and top with the other piece of banana. And there you are, gang, a pep banana split. A solid sort of dish that your your appetite will really latch on to because those crisp, tender flakes of Kellogg's Pep are way out in front when it comes to tickling your taste. You see, Pep is called the Sunshine Cereal, and it's loaded with sunny, golden toasted flavor. Good for you, too. Your mom knows that. So no matter how you serve it, Kellogg's Pep tastes so terrific that, well, you'll want to eat up every last bit in your bowl. And that's especially on the bean nowadays, when the cereal grains are being sent to fellows and girls all over the world. So get Hep to Pep, gang. Don't waste it. When Mom brings Kellogg's Pep home from the grocers, take special pains to make sure there's no waste of cereal at your house. If you pour your own cereal, pour it carefully and polish off every bit you pour out. Make it a habit to eat all your pep. Don't waste it. And now, the adventures of Superman. Accepted as a member of the juvenile gang led by a boy known only as Muggs, a gang doing the dirty work for a hate-mongering organization calling themselves the Guardians of America, young Jimmy Olsen, cub reporter for the Daily Planet, has secured some valuable information. At the moment, however, his latest tip to Clark Kent has resulted in confusion. Muggs and his gang are about to commit another act of violence, this time attaching a small bomb to the engine of an automobile, set to explode when the engine is started. Both Kent and Jimmy were certain the attack was going to be directed against the Reverend Dr. Leeds, pastor of the Methodist Church. But in yesterday's episode, as you remember, they learned that Dr. Leeds did not own a car. As we continue now, Kent and Jimmy are conferring with Father Sheehan, the Catholic priest who was acting as chairman of the committee attempting to build a community clubhouse in Metropolis. I don't know, Kent. Things like this make me wonder sometimes whether it's true that a soft word turneth away wrath. Maybe we are going about this in the wrong way. Maybe Inspector Henderson is right. Iron bars and a male fist. Oh, you know that's not so, Father. Yes, yes, of course, Jimmy, I know. I believe in the Ten Commandments and I've tried to live by them. 
But when I heard about the murderous attack on Rabbi Stone, well, if those young hoodlums had been anywhere within arm's reach, I'm sure I... I well, I don't know what I might have done. I doubt that you'd have done anything violent, Father, but that's neither here nor there. Incidentally, it might interest you to know that while Rabbi Stone is recovering from the knife wound, Dr. Leeds is going to preach the sermons at the rabbi's temple. Well, that's fine, Ken. Fine. And speaking of Dr. Leeds, we're still a little confused about the latest information Jimmy got from Muggs. That an attempt is going to be made to blow up a car. Leeds doesn't own a car. No, he doesn't. No, neither do you. Neither does Rabbi Stone. That leaves the three lay members of the Unity House Committee, Dave Hoffman, the druggist, George Murphy, the retired police inspector, and Mr. Walters, principal of the school. And you feel certain the attack will be against a member of the committee? Oh, sure it will. Well, it's anybody's guess, but up to now, every act of violence has been directed against a committee member. These self-styled guardians of America seem determined to keep you from building Unity House. Well, what about Mr. Klein? Who, Jim? Well, Mr. Klein, the man who owns the art gallery. Oh, yes, I forgot about him. Is this something I missed? Well, it's something we missed telling you, probably. Jimmy got a personal assignment from Mr. Rat himself, the high mucky-muck who seems to be running the Guardians of America. An assignment to destroy some valuable paintings in an art gallery belonging to a man named Klein. Well, you're certainly not going through with it. Yes, we are, as the phrase goes for the papers. Well, Ken, I don't understand. Stores can be rebuilt and wounds can heal, but art treasures can never be replaced. Well, don't you worry, Father. Nothing will be damaged or destroyed. What we plan to do, and we would have done it today if this car business hadn't come up, is call Mr. Klein in and explain the entire situation to him. Undoubtedly, we'll get his cooperation. You mean he'll let you destroy his paintings? Oh, no, not really. Just for the papers, Father. As you boil down, what we'll do is fake a story and print it in Daily Planet. A story to the effect that a vandal slashed and cut five or six valuable paintings in Klein's art gallery. The net of it will be that Mr. Rat will think Jimmy here has carried out his assignment and can be trusted implicitly. Oh, yes, now I get it. Then with that trust established, we're hoping he'll come out from behind his black curtain and let Jimmy a look at him for future identification. And then what? Well, then the rest is easy. We'll nab Mr. Rat. We know where his hole is. Jimmy can identify him as the man who directed the hate mongers and who ordered Muggs and his gang to commit various acts of violence. And unless I'm dead wrong, he'll go up for life. So the only problem at the moment is whose automobile they plan to blow up. That's right. Dave Hoffman owns a car, but he's already been attacked. That doesn't eliminate him completely. Kent, what about George Murphy? The retired cop? That's right. Yes, he has a car. So has the school principal, Mr. Walters. They've all been warned to be on the lookout, though. In addition, Inspector Henderson has assigned a police mechanic to each one of them. He'll examine their cars before they drive them. Well, you seem to have covered everything. Well, what about Mr. Klein? I don't know. I don't think he fits into this picture, Jim. They wouldn't waste two attacks on him. Well, why are they attacking Klein at all? Because he's Jewish? You know, from what Jim could gather, he contributed to the Unity House Building Fund. Oh, I see. Oh, speaking of contributions, Kent. Yeah? That $10,000 check from your editor, Mr. White, came in this morning. Oh, good. I'll thank him for that personally, but I want to thank you for that piece in the paper. The what? Well, the write-up in the Daily Planet. Oh, what write-up? You mean to Just say... Just a minute, Jim. What was this all about, Father? Well, Kent, I'm surprised you don't know about this. I was sure you'd written the article. Well, what's it about, Father? Well, wait a minute. I, I think I have the paper right here. There you are. It's... Right on the front page. See, Father. What's it say, Mr. Kent? There's Unity House Fund Swelling. Planet announces $10,000 contribution. Oh, did you write it, Mr. Kent? No, Jim, I didn't. Let's see. The Unity House Building Fund earmarks for the construction of a gymnasium and playground whose doors will be open to all metropolis children, regardless of race, religion, or color, was swelled considerably today when Perry White, editor of the Planet, announced a contribution of $10,000. Clark Kent reads the article in the Daily Planet. Almost at the same moment, someone else is reading it aloud with as much, if not more, interest. None other than the still unidentified leader of the Guardians. Contribution, together with the contributions of all those interested in the furtherance of better understanding among people, will go far toward achieving the goal, according to Father Francis Sheehan, Rabbi Harry Stone, and Dr. William Leed, in the faith members of the committee. Very interesting, don't you think, Eric? 
$10,000? It's a lot of money. Well, that sounds strange coming from you. How much did you spend in this country alone during the war trying to buy military secrets? That is another story. They are building a gymnasium, not a battleship. They're building nothing, I promise you. I was waiting for the Daily Planet to get behind this. Now we'll have to get behind the Daily Planet with a knife. How? I'll show you how. Call the pool room first and instruct Muggs to come here as soon as possible. You know the number? Yes. And the code line? Yes. Tell Muggs his mother wants him. Right. And use the phone in the other room. I want to use this one to call the editor of the Daily Planet. You're joking. Don't look so shocked, Eric. What's wrong with my calling a newspaper editor? You are supposed to remain in the background. Don't worry, I will. I'm calling Mr. Perry White to invite him to play the lead in a little drama I've just created. I suppose you might call it a tragedy. The title could be... Death on Wheels. Death on Wheels. What does the mysterious leader of the self-styled Guardians of America mean? As the result of a newspaper article announcing that Editor Perry White of the Daily Planet had donated $10,000 to the Unity House Building Fund, the as-yet-unidentified head of the hate-monitoring organization calling themselves the Guardians of America has decided to direct his next violent attack against the gray-haired editor. As we continue now, we return to the story of a sumptuous penthouse apartment, headquarters of the so-called Guardians. Their unnamed leader is being addressed by a blonde, Germanic-looking man called Eric, who speaks with a trace of an accent. I have just called the pool room. Mugs will be here shortly. Good. Now we have to plan this so there will be no slip-up. You know the expression, kill two birds with one stone? I have heard it. But we're going to try to kill two enemies with one bomb. I do not understand. The original plan, if you remember, was to strike at that Methodist minister, Dr. Lee. However, we learned that he did not drive a car. And at the last moment, we switched to another member of that committee, the school principal. But we're going to switch back. How? The device is no good unless it is attached to the ignition system of an automobile engine? That's exactly where it will be attached. But you say the minister has no car. Listen. I'm about to call Perry White, editor of the Daily Planet. I think you will find the conversation very Perry White speaking. Mr. White? Yes? This is Father Sheehan, Mr. White, our safe captain. Oh, yes. Hello, Father. How are you? Quite well, thank you. And you? Fine, fine. That's good. Oh, uh, did you get my check, Father? Why, yes. In fact, that's why I'm calling. First, to thank you from the bottom of my heart. Oh, it's nothing, really. And then to invite you to attend a meeting to be held in my Paris house. The members of my committee will deeply appreciate some advice from you as the editor of the country's most important newspaper. Oh, I'll be happy to do anything I can, Butler. I knew you would, Mr. White. Now, uh, one more little favor. Name it, and it's yours. I uh, assume you have a car? Why, yes. And uh, you'll be driving from your office to the parish house this evening? Yes, I suppose so. Well, then, would you mind terribly, Mr. White, picking up one of our committee members on your way? No, not at all. Who is it? Uh, the Reverend Dr. Lees of the Methodist Church. If you have a pencil and paper handy, I'll give you his home address. The Reverend Dr. Leeds, victim number three in the campaign of hate and intolerance. This time the attack is aimed at two people. As the leader of the Guardians of America said, we'll kill two enemies with one bomb. Innocent and unaware, Harry White is stepping into a trap from which the only escape may be death. Don't miss tomorrow's tense, thrill-packed episode entitled, One Minute to Murder. And remember, for breakfast, it's Kellogg's Pep. For excitement, the adventures of Superman. Superman.
and is the copyrighted feature appearing in Superman DC comic magazines and is brought to you Monday through Friday at the same time by Kellogg's Pet, the sunshine cereal. Just pick up your favorite geeky genre, Daddy. <laughs> From the original Loot Crate, the Loot Crate DX collectible boxes, dude. Cowabunga! To the Loot Gaming video game box. Woohoo! Yeehoo! Browsers! With crates starting as large as 11 dollars per month, those are facts just about for all collectors. To get your geek on, head over to phoenixmedia.us forward slash loot crate and claim your exclusive offer. That's f-e-n-i-x media dot u-s forward slash loot crate. Great Scott! Snap into a loot crate, it. You're tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater, presented by Phoenix Media. Up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane. No, it's Superman. Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. Look, up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane, it's Superman. Kellogg's Pep. P-E-P-F. Kellogg's Pep, the sunshine cereal, presents The Adventures of Superman. Today, as the so-called guardians of America revel in their daring plan to launch another sneak attack, on the Unity House Committee, Clark Kent is unaware that his editor, Perry White, is himself a target. You know what happens to fellas and girls who take time to eat a solid sort of breakfast the kind experts recommend? Well, watch them tear off to school and high in the snappy mood that makes for a good day. And gang, do you know what's the nifty appetite tickler that looks so good you want to eat hearty come breakfast time? Why, it's Kellogg's Pep, the sunshine cereal. Yes, sir, those golden toasted flakes of sun-ripened whole wheat sure do give your appetite the old one-two. And when you really dig in, Kellogg's Pep tastes just as slick as it looks. Smooth sunshine flavor and tender crispness, mighty terrific eating. One look at Pep's golden goodness, one taste of that knockout full wheat flavor, and you're all set to polish off every last spoonful in your bowl. And uh, nothing could be smarter nowadays when it's off the beam to waste cereal. Because the cereal grains have been picked out to give that swell grain nourishment to fellas and girls overseas. So latch on to Kellogg's Pep, gang. And when Mom brings Pep home from the grocers, make sure it's not wasted. Handle with care is the idea if you pour your own cereal and eat up every bit you pour out. Tip off the rest of your family, too. Just remember, eat all your pep. Don't waste it. And now, the adventures of Superman. Battling a subversive organization calling itself the Guardians of America, Superman and his guys of Clark Kent enlisted the aid of young Jimmy Olsen to masquerade as a pool room tough and learn, if possible, the identity of the man running the organization. In yesterday's episode, as you recall, Jimmy reported to Kent that an attack was about to be directed at the Reverend Dr. Leeds, pastor of the Methodist Church, a member of the Unity House Committee. According to Jimmy, an explosive...
bomb would be attached to the motor of the Protestant minister's car, a bomb that would go off when the car was started. Calling to warn Dr. Leeds, Kent learned to his amazement that the minister had no car. Could Jimmy's information be wrong? The answer is no. Unknown to Kent, the mysterious leader of the so-called Guardians had arranged for editor Perry White to call for Dr. Leeds in his car. And in that way, as he venomously put it, they could get two enemies with one bomb. Continuing our story now, we join Perry White at the Daily Planet, where Beanie, the office boy and jack of all jobs, is on the carpet. Do you mean to stand there and tell me we haven't heard from Kendall Olson in 48 hours? Has it been that long, Mr. White? What do you mean, has it been that long? How long do you think it's been? Search me, Mr. White. I don't have a watch. Never mind. Where's Miss Lane? I don't know. I haven't seen her either for a long time. No, you haven't. No, Mr. White. You don't seem to have seen anyone. Now tell me, what do you do around here? What do I do? That's what I said. What do you do around here? That's what I thought you said. Well? What do I do? Yes, yes. What do you do? How do you occupy your time? Well, I, uh, I run copy and, and I go on errands. You know, get coffee and stuff for the reporters. And I pick up papers from the floor, I mean. You know, crumpled up papers. You don't have to draw diagrams. Diagrams? I don't draw any diagrams. Oh, never mind. Skip it. What else do you do? Well, I, uh, I say hello to people when they come in and I ask them who they want to see and... All right, all right, that's enough. How much are we paying you? $27.50 a week. And out of that, I give my... Nobody's mother... interested in your personal finances. Would you like a raise? Uh, uh, what? What's the matter? Can't you hear? I said a raise. Oh, oh boy. Oh, what a fish like to swim. All right. Now, here's a chance for you to make some more money. I'll give you a $5 raise if you can find Clark Kent and Jimmy Olsen. You mean $5 a week? What do you think? A day? Cheapers. $5 a week. Where am I going to find them? Now, that's your affair. If and when you do find them, tell them for me that... Very wise speaking. Oh, Chief. Oh, Kent. Surprised to hear from me? Is Olsen with you? Jimmy, yes. Now, just a minute. Beanie, the deal's off. No raise. I found them myself. Oh, wouldn't you know it. Now get out. Hello? Get out and pick up papers. Hello? My box off the... Hello? Hello, Chief. Hello? Hello? Well, what's Hello? the hurry? I've been waiting for you for 48 hours. You can do a little waiting for me. I thought we'd been disconnected. Well, I like nothing better than to disconnect you limb from limb. Where have you been? Why haven't you kept in touch with the office? Wait a minute. Who's paying your salary? Whoa, take it easy, Chief. You know what I'm doing. Oh, I do, do I? Yes. What am I, a mind reader? Now, look here. You know perfectly well I'm working on a story. From the time it's taking, I'd say you were working on an encyclopedia. Uh Uh-uh, don't be sarcastic. This is important, and you know it as well as I do. By the way, Father Sheehan got your check. He's quite pleased. Yes, I know. He called me. He did? Yes. Matter of fact, I'm attending a meeting at his parish house tonight. I think you'd better come along. Well, I can't, Chief. I'll be busy. Busy? Busy with what? We're trying to ward off another attack on one of the Unity House committee members. Oh, who is it this time? We don't know. Jimmy hasn't been able to get any details, but it's pretty serious. Well, if you ask me, the whole thing is pretty serious. I don't like the way it's being handled. You have no right to say that, Chief. After all, we're doing the best we can. Yeah, that's what you think. If I had my way, I'd blast those guys behind this hate business off the face of the earth. Oh, sure. I'd use the power of the press to run them out of town. I printed in the biggest, blackest headlines I could find. Oh, no, Chief, look, we've gone over this a dozen times. Oh, so what? Well, running them out of one town into another doesn't solve the problem. Then clap them into jail. How can we? We have no evidence. You've got plenty of evidence against those hoodlums who set fire to Hoffman's store, almost killed Danny O'Neill, and stuck a knife into that rabbi. Oh, I know, I know. I've told you before, though, Chief, they're just cat's paws. They don't even know what they're doing. Not much they don't. Well, look, Chief, it's senseless to argue this way over the phone. You know we can't get anywhere this way. Then why don't you show up at the office once in a while? Or is that asking too much? Here we go again. Now, one of these days, Kent, you'll go too far. You really want me at the office? Yes. Bring Olsen with you. Well, now that's impossible. Jim can't be connected with the planet until this thing is cleared up. Oh, all right. How soon will you be here? 
Twenty minutes. I'll wait for you. Goodbye. Sure sounded mad. Uh, you know the chief, Jim. All bark and no bite. Are you going to the office like you said? Well, I'm afraid I'll have to just to keep peace in the family. What time is it, Jim? Uh, 4.30. When are you due back at the pool room? Mug said to show up around 8. Hmm. Well, you better stay here. Maybe you can catch a few hours sleep. Oh, I'm not tired. <laughs> you should be. The last 48 hours have been pretty hectic. I know, but I'm not tired, honest. I feel swell. Uh-huh. I'll sit around and read, play the radio. Okay. You'll be back, won't you? Oh, of course. I mean, before I go to the pool room? Long before. I told Inspector Henderson I'd be home all evening in case he needed me. I don't see how anything can happen now that we've warned the three members of the committee who own cars not to drive them tonight. And on top of that, Henderson has a plainclothes man watching each of their homes. Well, that takes care of everything, I guess. I can't tell, Jim. Something might break. And I want to be ready for it if it does. You think maybe Muggs gave me a bum steer on purpose? Hmm? Bum steer? I mean, you think maybe he told me they were going to hook a bomb up to the motor of somebody's car just to throw me off the trail? No. That that's not what they're going to do at all? Could be. Well, if he did, then it means he doesn't trust me. It means he's suspicious. No, well, that could be, too. Well, then, maybe I better not show up there tonight. At the pool room, I mean. Oh, you've got to, Jim. If you don't show up and he is suspicious, it'll just confirm his suspicions. Uh, yeah, I guess so. Not only do you have to show up, but you've got to go out on this job. Oh, the detectives watching the three houses have been told to make any arrests just to see that no property is damaged so you won't be in any danger. Oh, that's good. But I want you to go along so that you can testify later as an eyewitness. Whose houses are the detectives watching? The three car owners in the committee, Hoffman, Murphy, and uh, Walters, the school principal. Oh. The other three, Father Sheehan, Rabbi Stone, and Dr. Leeds, don't own cars. That's right. Oh, oh hey, I better get going. Said I'd be there in 20 minutes if I'm not. The chief will have epiplex. <laughs> yeah, you're right. I'll see you later, Jim. Okay. Alone in the apartment, Jimmy picks up a magazine, thumbs through it absently, crosses to the radio, turns it on, and while waiting for it to warm up, strolls to the window and looks down on the street. Suddenly, the color drains from his cheeks and his mouth gapes open. What has he seen? Alone in Clark Kent's apartment, Jimmy Olsen strolled over to the window to look out on the street, and suddenly the color drained from his cheeks and his mouth gaped open. Well, there, standing on the curb, directly opposite the apartment house, were two familiar figures wearing checked caps. Figures he identified immediately as Muggs and one of his young lieutenants, Lefty. As we join Jimmy now, five minutes have gone by. The two young toughs are no longer standing on the curb, but have crossed the street and entered the apartment house. Jimmy is on the phone connected with the Daily Planet switchboard, but at the moment, getting no response. Hello? Hello? Golly, why doesn't the chief answer his phone? Hello? Hello? Hey, Mr. White, this is Jimmy Olsen. Well, a voice from the dead. Are you still working for us, Mr. Olsen? Don't joke, Mr. White. I'm in trouble. Is Clark Kent there yet? Mr. Kent? The great Mr. Kent? Mr. White, please, they're coming for me. What's that? I said they're coming for me. Who's coming for you? Mugs and one of his gang. Is Mr. Kent there yet? No, he isn't. Then what are you babbling about? They, they must have followed me to Mr. Kent's apartment. Then they must have waited till he went out. Now they're coming for me. Stop babbling. They're not babbling, Mr. White. It's the truth. Are you sure Mr. Kent isn't there yet? Would you look in his office? What do you think I am? Mr. Boy? But, Chief, uh, I mean, Mr. White, they're coming for me. They're out here. There's the doorbell. They're here, Mr. White. They're here. Trapped in Clark Kent's apartment, Muggs and one of his companions at the door, Jimmy can see no way of escape. This time, the odds are against him. Clark Kent is en route to the Daily Planet, and it is too late to call the police. What can Jimmy do? The next 60 seconds may mean the difference between life and death. Bang, whatever you do, don't miss listening to Superman tomorrow when Jimmy Olsen fights for his very life in the exciting episode entitled Escape. 
And remember, for breakfast, it's Kellogg's Pet. For excitement, the adventures of Superman. Superman is a copyrighted feature appearing in Superman DC comic magazines and is brought to you Monday through Friday at the same time by Kellogg's Pep, the sunshine cereal. You're tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater presented by Phoenix Media. Up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane. No, it's Superman. Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. Look, up in the sky. It's a bird. It's a plane. It's Superman. Kellogg's Pep. P-E-P Pep. Kellogg's Pep, the sunshine cereal, presents The Adventures of Superman. Today, danger stalks not only Perry White, but Jimmy Olsen, as the young reporter tries desperately to reach Clark Kent and escape from the hoodlum mugs, cat's paw of democracy's most ruthless enemy. Hello there, gang. This is your pal Dan McCullough. You know what's a slick dish for breakfast? It's this week's pet dish of the week, a pet banana split. Sure is easy to look at when you hitch up your chair to the table. And here's how easy it is to make. You sprinkle a layer of Kellogg's Pep, the sunshine cereal, in the bottom of your bowl. Cut a banana in half and split it down the middle and arrange on top of the Pep. Then pour on more Pep and top with the other piece of banana. And that's it, gang. A Pep banana split. A surefire combination for smooth eating. Why, those tender, crisp flakes of Kellogg's Pep are terrific. They're loaded with sunny, full wheat flavor that anybody's appetite will really latch on to. And uh, Pep is good for you, too. Sure, gives you a solid whole wheat nourishment plus. So, it's on the beam to scoop up every last spoonful in your bowl. What's more, it's off the beam to waste cereal these days. Because the cereal grains have been picked out to send to fellows and girls, just like you, all over the world, to give them that swell grain nourishment. Keep that in mind when Mom brings Kellogg's Pep home from the grocers. Don't waste it. If you pour your own Pep, pour it carefully and polish off every bit you pour out. Pass the word along to the rest of your family, too. Always make sure to eat all your pep. Don't waste it. And now, the adventures of Superman. Masquerading as a young tough, Jimmy Olsen, cub reporter for the Daily Planet, joined a gang of juvenile hoodlums, led by a boy known as Mugs, a gang committing acts of violence with an organization calling itself the Guardians of America. The truth of the matter is that instead of guarding and defending American ideals of liberty and freedom... The subversive organization is attempting to spread the poison of racial and religious intolerance. In yesterday's episode, as you remember, Jimmy learned that an attack was about to be made on one of the members of the committee attempting to raise funds to build a community clubhouse for youngsters of all faiths. The attack in which Jimmy is supposed to join is scheduled to take place at 8 in the evening. Killing time at Clark Kent's apartment, Jimmy happened to saunter to the window. And to his horror, saw Muggs and one of his lieutenants, a boy named Lefty, standing across the street watching the apartment house, where they had evidently trailed him from their room hangout. Frantically, Jimmy called the Daily Planet, but Clark Kent had not yet arrived. As we join him now, he's attempting to explain his desperate position to Editor Perry White. I 
saw them cross the street and come into the apartment house. Any minute now, they'll be up here to get me. We'll be up here to get you. Muggs and Lefty. Oh. Muggs and Lefty. Oh, please, Mr. White, don't ask me questions. Are you sure Mr. Kent isn't in his office? Would you go and see? Why, well, I look like a messenger. But I can't... That's them now. They're ringing the bell. What? They're ringing the bell. Speak up, speak up. I can't hear you. They're ringing the bell. What'll I do? Who's ringing the bell? I told you, Muggs and Lefty. They're after me. Mr. White, you got to help me. If they catch me in here, they'll... Wait a minute. Here's Kent. Oh, boy, quick. Put him on. Yes, Jim. What is that? Mr. Kent, Muggs and Lefty are after me. What? Hear that? Yes? They're at the apartment door. I saw them on the other side of the street just after you left. Then they crossed over and came into the apartment house. Uh-oh. Now they're at the door. What will I do? Don't do anything, Jim. Hang up and sit tight. But, but suppose they force the lock and break in. They won't have time. Hang up now and don't make a sound. I, I... Do as I say, Jim. Okay. They followed me from the pool room. They know I'm here. They must have found out what apartment it was from the doorman. Any minute now, they're going to start working on a lock. Why did Mr. Kent tell me to hang up and sit tight? What good's that going to do? Let's go. They'll have that door open in no time. What'll I do? I'm stuck. Lefty's got that knife. The knife he used on the rabbi. You'll get me this time. There's no way out. What was that? Just me, Jim. Oh, Superman. That's allowed. Oh, you got here just in time. They're trying to force the lock on the door. Hear them? They won't get very far. Come on, we're going to take a little ride. Where to? Kent thinks I'd better take you back to the pool room. You can establish an alibi. But, but if they followed me here, they must know I'm a spy. They don't know anything. They suspect. Now, you've got to quiet their suspicions. And the best way is to step right into the lion's den. You're not afraid, are you? Uh, no, I'm not afraid. Good boy. Well, I'll leave you at the pool room, but be sure you get someone there to notice the time. That's important, because when Muggs and Lefty return to the pool room, your alibi will be you were there when they thought you were here at the apartment. And you've got to make it stick. I'll try. Shouldn't be too difficult. Ordinarily, it would take you a half hour to get across town to the pool room, and I'll have you there in half a second. The difference in time should be your alibi. You all set? I guess so. Okay, here we go, then. Out and away! Leaping through the open window with Jimmy Olsen in his arms, the man of steel hurtles across the city of to the pool room hangout of Muggs and his gang in a desperate attempt to clear the boy reporter of suspicion. An hour later in the back room of the hangout, Jimmy once again playing the role of a young tough attempts to convince Muggs he was not the one they followed to Kent's apartment house. Couldn't have been me, Muggs. You heard what Charlie said. I was here at ten minutes to four. Lefty and me seen you go in with a tall guy wearing glasses. Five minutes later... The guy comes up. That must have been somebody else. We crossed over and asked the doorman if a tall guy with glasses and a skinny kid went upstairs. He says, yeah. And he gives us the apartment number. Well, how could it be me if I was here? How could it, Muggs? I don't know. You heard what Charlie said. I come in here at ten minutes to four. What time was it when you saw this this kid go in with the tall guy? A quarter to four. You see, Muggs, it couldn't have been me. I couldn't have got over here from there in five minutes. You know how long it takes. Lefty and me tells you. How can we get crossed up? Don't ask me, Muggs. I don't know. He was telling somebody else, that's all. We was telling you. How could you? I was here at... Shut up. Hey, Charlie. Yes? Give me that a minute, will you? Okay. There, Charlie. He'll tell you. He'll tell you I was here. All right, down, will you? Yes. Hey, what's up, Bugs? Give me here a minute. I want to check on something. Close the door. Charlie, you sure this kid was here at ten minutes to four? Yeah. Yeah, sure. Well, how come you hit the time right on the nose? What do you mean, how come? Go ahead, tell him, Charlie. Come Shut on. up, you. How'd you know it was ten minutes to four, Charlie? Well, he come in, he asked for you. He told him, I told him that you went out, and he asked when you was coming back. Yeah? They said in about an hour. And then he asked what time it was, and they looked at my watch, and 
It was ten minutes before. You see? You see, Muggs? Okay. Thanks, Charlie. I don't get this. Skip it, will you? Okay. Now, do you believe me, Muggs? I don't know. There's something cack out about this. Lefty and me no dopes. I almost got caught shooting the door at a apartment we thought you was in. Oh, no kidding. Hey, the guy with the glasses come back. I don't know why I don't think I'm on a level, Muggs. All right, forget it. All you got to do is give me a chance to pull a job with Jim. I'll show you I'm shooting square. Yeah, well, you're getting that chance. Tonight. Oh, am I going out on that job with you? Uh, fixing the car motor? Yeah. You and me alone. Whose car are we working on? I'm about to get a minister. A guy by the name of Leeds, but he ain't got no car. Oh, how are we going to do it then? How are we going to rig the motor so it blows up if he ain't got no car? I told you, the guys were working for a smart cookies. They got it all figured out. Yeah? How? Another guy they wrecked is picking up this minister in his car. So we get the two of them at the same time. Oh, sounds okay. Who's the other guy? The guy with the car. Eh, some big shot. Runs a newspaper. His name's Perry White. Stunned, Jimmy stares at Muggs in wide-eyed amazement. His temples pounding and his heart choked up in his throat. The hate mongers are about to strike again. This time, one of their victims is editor Perry White of the Daily Planet. Struck as though by lightning, when he learned that editor Perry White marked for violence, Jimmy Olsen made every effort to get away from the full room hangout of Muggs and his gang in order to warn either Dark Kent or Muggs, still not entirely convinced that Jimmy is on the level, refuses to allow him to leave the pool room. As we continue now, Muggs has gone out for something to eat, leaving Jimmy with Charlie, the owner of the pool room. Desperately, as the hour for what may be a murderous attack on Perry White and the Reverend Dr. Leeds draws near, Jimmy pleads with Charlie to give him a break. I gotta get out, Charlie. I gotta go tell my uncle something. Call him on the phone. He ain't got no phone. I gotta go over to his house. You heard what Muggs says. You gotta stay here until he comes back. But, but I can't. I gotta go tell my uncle I ain't coming home tonight. He'll get sore if I don't. Please, Charlie, it'll only take me five minutes. Nothing doing. I'll give you ten bucks, Charlie. You, you sure want to get clear, kid, don't you? It's only on account of my uncle. He gets sore if I don't show up. Yeah, well, that's too bad. Oh, come on, Charlie, be a right guy. Muggs will never know nothing about it. That's what you think. He won't, I tell you. All it'll take is five minutes and I'll be back. What time is it now? It's half past seven. Oh, golly, he'll kill me if I don't show up. Yeah, what do you think Muggs can do if I let you go? He won't know nothing about it. Honest, he won't, Charlie. Here. Take the ten bucks. Please. Sit down, kid. I'll sit for you to stay here and you stay. So sit down and shut up. Hopelessly beaten, realizing that he will be forced by circumstances to take part in an attack on his own employer and friend, Perry White, Jimmy searches frantically in his mind for some means of escape. Is there no possible way to warn the editor or Clark Kent? There seems to be none. In tomorrow's exciting episode, Jimmy finds a way, but almost at the cost of his own life. Don't miss it. Listen tomorrow, same time, same station, to the episode entitled, The Last Chance. And remember, for breakfast, it's Kellogg's Pet. For excitement, the adventures of Superman. Superman is a copyrighted feature appearing in Superman DC comic magazines and is brought to you Monday through Friday at the same time by Kellogg's Pep, the sunshine cereal. You- 
You're tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater, presented by Phoenix Media. Up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane. No, it's Superman. Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. Look, up in the sky, it's a bird. It's a plane. It's Superman. Kellogg's Pet. Pet. Kellogg's Pet, the sunshine cereal, presents The Adventures of Superman. Today, with Jimmy Olsen trapped by the cunning mugs and Superman unaware of his plight, the agents of hate are again on the march, sparing no evil in their malicious campaign of terror. Say, here's a breakfast dish with the honey of a batting average. Really puts the pitch on your morning appetite. It's Kellogg's Pep, the sunshine cereal. So golden and sunny and terrific, you practically can't resist it. How those tender flakes of sunrise and whole wheat do score when you hitch up your chair to the breakfast table. And how that smooth sunshine flavor does give your appetite the old come on. Why, each crisp spoonful calls for another. Yes, sir, when you want a slick treat for breakfast, you just call on Kellogg's Pep. Pep is full of smooth, full wheat flavor. Pep is golden toasted and sunny. Pep is called the sunshine cereal. And it's good for you, too. Sure. So keep on the sunbeam, gang. Polish off that breakfast bowl of Kellogg's Pep clean as a whistle. Because this is no time to waste cereal. You see, the cereal grains, like the whole wheat and pep, have been picked out to give that swell grain nourishment to fellows and girls all around the world. Remember that when Mom brings Kellogg's Pep home from the grocers. Don't waste it. If you pour your own cereal, take time to pour it carefully. And kind of keep watch on your younger brothers and sisters, too. That's so easy to do and so important nowadays. Remember, eat all your pep. Don't waste it. And now, the adventures of Superman. When Jimmy Olsen, cub reporter for the Daily Planet, learned that the next attack of the so-called Guardians of America, a subversive organization spreading the poison of intolerance, was to be directed at the Reverend Dr. Lee, the Methodist minister, and Perry White, editor of the Daily Planet, he tried frantically to warn either Clark Kent or the gray-haired editor. But Muggs, leader of the juvenile gang doing the dirty work for the self-named Guardians, became suspicious and refused to let Jimmy leave the gang's pool room hangout. And furthermore, he informed Jimmy he was going along to help do the job. The job, as Muggs has explained it, is to attach a small, specially made bomb to the motor of Perry White's car while it is parked outside the minister's house. When the car is started with White and Dr. Leeds in the front seat, the bomb will explode. As we continue now, Jimmy has given up all hope of warning the editor, although as he approaches the minister's house with Muggs beside him, he silently prays for a miracle to happen. Okay, hold up. The car can hear you. Get down behind the hedge. When it comes, we don't want to get caught in the headlights. How do you know it's coming? Get down and shut up. Maybe it was here and you're already in left, huh? Getting chicken hot, Olsen. You want to pull out? I didn't say nothing about pulling out. Well, I said it was I me. know what you said. Don't worry. The guy that figured this out knows what he's doing. What guy? The head guy the outfit we're working for. He said the car get here about 8.30. We got five minutes to go. What if the car don't show up? Look, Olsen, stop asking questions. When a big boss rigs something up, it's rigged, see? You don't get his wires crossed, not him. He's smart, huh? They don't come no smarter. You got the thing we're supposed to hook up to the motor, Muggs? Are you kidding? Of course I got it. Where? I didn't see you carrying nothing. What do you think I'm going to do, stupid? Carry it around my neck? Got it in my pocket. 
Here. See it? Oh, is that all it is? Kind of a metal tube with a couple of wires, huh? That's all, but it packs plenty of punch. When it goes off, it'll blow the front of that car sky high. Where do we hook the wires? To the spot plugs. Hey. Here she comes. Where? Swing around the corner. Keep down. That's it. Pulled up right in front of the house. There goes the guy up the walk. Yeah, I see him. Keep down, you lug. When we get in the house. Oh, well, what if you don't go in? He'll go in. See? There he goes. Okay, come on, we gotta move fast. Come on, get the hood up. Well, get it up, will you? It's stuck. I can't move it. Get out of the way. What do you mean, stuck? I couldn't move it. Shut up and keep your eye on the house. It may they come out. Okay. Okay. Does it? Put the hood down. Yes, stupid lug, would you slam it so hard? I didn't mean to. Come on, scram out of here. Oh, oh. oh, now what'd you do? I, I tripped over something. Well, get up before I come out of the house. I can't. I must have busted my ankle. You're crazy. Come on, up. No, no, I can't. I'll be coming out in a minute. We gotta get out of here. Maybe if you got a taxi. Where am I gonna find a taxi yet? On the next street. Where the trolley runs. I saw one parked on the corner. Go get it. There ain't time. Sure there is. Go ahead. Okay, but if they come out before I get back, lay low. Yeah, yeah sure. Lay low, huh? That's what you think. There he goes around the corner. Now to rip that thing out of Mr. White's car. I stalled as long as I could trying to get put up before. No stalling now. You wouldn't think a little thing like that could cause any damage. I guess it's filled with some kind of high explosive. I wish I could see what I'm doing. There. It's one wire off. Now for the other one. Boy, he sure twisted it tight around the spark plug. Having fun, old <gasps> Didn't take you long to get that busted ankle fixed up, did it? I, I was just checking to see. Yeah, you was just checking. I figured you for something like this. Honest, Muggs. You I... dirty little rat. Here, take a look at this hunk of lead pipe before I wrap it around your neck. Put that down and fight fair. I'm gonna bust your head wide open, you double-crossing little punk. I'm gonna kill you. That's what I'm gonna do. Wait. I'll show you. Easy, Jim. Easy. You're all right. The water, Chief. Water. Water. Yes, yes. yes. Right. All right, Jim. Now. Come on, son. Drink a little of this. Candy, you sure he doesn't need a doctor? Positive. Jim. Jim. Snap out of it, Jim. Come on. Jim. Mr. Kent. That's better. Where Where am I? What happened? Take it easy. Everything's all right. Mr. White, the car. Hey, you saved my life, Jim. I'll never forget it. But, but the car and Muggs. What happened? I told you everything's all right. Dr. Leeds and the chief came out just in time to catch Muggs swinging a piece of lead pipe at you. Oh, that queers everything. He must have been double-crossing him. Wait a minute. Let me finish. Dr. Leeds chased him and caught him. Muggs? Uh-huh. He's on his way to police headquarters with Dr. Leeds and a couple of plainclothes men now. They'll keep him in a detention cell overnight. Well, that won't do any good. If he doesn't show up at the pool room, the rest of his gang will get suspicious. That's why you and I have to work fast, Jim. Uh, Chief, suppose you drive us back to my apartment. Oh, huh? okay. Oh, where are we now? This is Dr. Leeds. The chief carried you in here from the street and then called me. Oh, gosh, thanks, Mr. White. If you hadn't come out when you did, Muggs would have killed me. And if you hadn't risked your life getting that infernal bomb out of my car, I'd be spattered all over Kingdom Come by now. You think you can navigate on your own, Jim? I think so. Yeah, wait, I'll help you up. Make it easy. <laughs> you all right? 
A little unsteady, but I'll make it. Sure you will. The only thing is, I'm worried. How are we going to get the goods on those guys now that Muggs knows everything? Don't you worry, Jim. I've got it all set up. Tomorrow morning, we strike the final blow. Get the evidence we need and wipe the Guardians of America off the map. What is Clark Kent's final blow against the hidden enemy of tolerance? It is early the following morning. Clark Kent and Jimmy Olsen are not alone in Kent's apartment. With them is a kindly middle-aged man wearing silver-rimmed glasses. His name is Adolf Klein, and he is the owner of a well-known Metropolis art gallery. He leans forward curiously as Kent explains the reason for summoning him. I'll try to be as brief as I can, Mr. Klein. I know you're a busy man. Oh, there is no hurry, Mr. Kent, except that I am anxious to know what this is all about. Well, here it is. Some months ago, a committee was formed to raise funds to build a community clubhouse here in Metropolis. A clubhouse whose doors would be open to all youngsters, regardless of race, religion, or color. Yes, I have contributed to the fund. So I understand. That's why you're on the list. The list of contributors? No, the list of victims. Of victims? I'll explain. An organization calling itself the Guardians of America has been attempting to prevent the building of the clubhouse by committing acts of violence against those who are interested in the project. What? And you, probably because of your contribution, have been marked as the next victim. Good heavens. But how do you know this, Mr. Kent? Well, Jim here managed to join the juvenile gang doing the organization's dirty work, and he was assigned to destroy some of the valuable paintings in your art gallery. To destroy my paintings? That's right. He was instructed to slash them with a razor blade. But I, I cannot believe this. Why, it's like Germany under Hitler. Exactly. People said it couldn't happen here, but it is happening. We're trying to stamp it out before it gets too far, and we need your help. Well, please, what can I do? I will do anything. Well, your part in our plan is fairly simple, Mr. Klein. We, uh, we have a news story already prepared, a story to the effect that five of your most expensive paintings were slashed by a vandal. Yes. Now, we plan to run the story in the early edition of the Daily Planet. An hour or two later, Jimmy will appear at the headquarters of the so-called Guardians of America and report that he did the job assigned to him. I see. By that time, the leader of the organization, who has not yet been identified... We'll have undoubtedly read the news story. Oh, yes. Well, we're hoping that not only will he commend Jimmy for a job well done, but that he'll show his face. So that later, following his arrest, Jimmy can identify him. Is that clear? Yes, yes, it is very clear, but what do you want me to do? Well, the moment the story appears in the paper, you'll be flooded with inquiries. Just play along. It seems as though the paintings were destroyed. I see. Once the arrests are made, of course, we'll publish the true story. You, uh... You don't mind helping us in this way, do you? I will be happy to do all I can, sir. More than happy. Smiling, Clark Kent thanks the friendly art dealer and shakes his hand. In a few short hours, the goal that Kent set for himself is about to be reached. Wiping out the rat's nest of intolerance. But unknown to Kent, the mysterious man who guards his identity by speaking from behind a black curtain is also smiling. Gang, whatever you do, don't. Don't miss Monday's super exciting episode entitled Master of Murder. And remember, for breakfast, it's Kellogg's Pep. For excitement, the adventures of Superman. Superman is a copyrighted feature appearing in Superman DC comic magazines and is brought to you Monday through Friday at the same time by Kellogg's Pep, the sunshine cereal. Get this and previous episodes of Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater wherever you get podcasts or by visiting phoenixmedia.us forward slash silverageheroes. Join us again, same bat time, same bat station, for another presentation 
Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater. Excelsior!